Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Tara Saraban, and you're listening to World's Dumbest Criminals, an upbeat podcast about deadbeat crims. If you're keen to hear about the most ridiculous, bizarre, and downright stupid crimes and criminals in the world ever, you've come to the right place. In today's episode, I'll be talking about a couple of drunk English people who thought it was a great idea to break into a water park at 2am. It wasn't. The outrageous legal run-ins of actor twin brothers Jeremy and Jason London, a naked German man unicycling around tourist spots in Thailand, and much more. Alrighty, let's get cracking. On the night of Wednesday the 4th of August this year, grandmother Claire Vickers had spent four hours down the pub getting a drink on. 46-year-old Claire then went to her mate, 44-year-old forklift driver Barry Douglas's place, to continue getting on the piss with him. At around 2am, the drunk duo had one of those ideas that seems brilliant at the time, but less so in the cold light of day. They decided to break into the Aldershot Lido Water Park in Hampshire, southeast England, for a drunken swim. It was only a five-minute walk from Barry's place, and Claire said later in an ITV interview, Everybody does it. I've been doing it since I was about 20. Under the cover of darkness, the pickled pair wriggled their way beneath a fence to gain entry to the huge open-air pool and water slides. Then Barry got his kit off and went skinny-dipping. There were no details about whether or not Claire stripped off too, but they both had a nice drunken swim before another genius idea struck them. They decided it would be super fun to go down one of the three water slides. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Alcohol, heights, darkness, water slides, there's no potential for danger here whatsoever. Or is there? The two gleefully stepped over the gate and climbed the steps to the water slide in the dark, drunk and excited about the good times awaiting them. Since the park was shut, the slide was dry, so Claire tipped some water from a foot bath down the water slide to make it more slippery, ensuring they would gain extra speed when they slid down it. Claire sat down at the top of the tube slide and Barry, still naked, put his legs around her so they could slide down together. They just assumed that it was clear all the way down and they'd be launched into the pool below them when they hit the bottom. This assumption did indeed make an ass out of both of them. They quickly sped down the slide together, but their thrills turned into chills when, to their horror, they saw that a metal barrier had been placed at the tube slide's exit, blocking it off. 
Before they had time to react, not that there was anything they could do at that point anyway, they slammed into the barrier feet first. Claire's shin cracked, with a broken bone popping out of her skin on her right leg, and her left foot was completely shattered. She told the media, I'll never forget what I saw. The blood was pouring out at this point, and I was starting to feel faint and cold. It was like a scene out of a horror film like Saw. Claire couldn't think straight as the pain was excruciating. She said it was the worst pain she'd ever experienced and she'd given birth to five children. For his part, Barry, who broke both ankles and his left tibula, said, The pain was unbearable. It was one of the most horrific experiences I've ever had in my life. Claire kept checking on Barry to make sure he was still alive, but after a while he stopped moving and making any noise. She told the media, I looked over at him. He was in the fetal position and silent. That's when I thought we were both going to die in that slide. I remember thinking, no one is going to find us. The two were stuck at the bottom of the slide for nearly two hours. Fortunately, neighbours had called the police as they'd heard people in the pool and assumed some no-good kids were running amuck in there. I guess that's a more likely scenario than a drunk grandma and her naked man-friend breaking in. Barry came to when the police arrived and shone their torches down the slide to see the broken couple in their 40s in a heap at the bottom. The police called for paramedics who lifted them up over the side of the slide and into an ambulance. They were taken to Frimley Park Hospital in Camberley, but their injuries were too severe for treatment there, so they were transferred to St George's Hospital in Tooting. Clara called that she nearly decided to go down the slide head first before changing her mind, which is just as well as she would have surely died if she'd gone down head first. Now, at first it seemed Claire and Barry had spoken to the media about their drunken antics in a bid to warn others of doing something similar. Claire even said in one of their first interviews, We're idiots. Let that be a lesson. Hampshire Constabulary stated that no legal action had been taken against the drunken fools as trespass is considered a civil issue and is therefore not a policing matter. So this outcome probably would have been a good turn of events for the rambunctious duo and time to just let this one go down in history as being a terrible idea. But no, that would have been too smart. At some point, it occurred to them that they might be able to make a bit of money by suing the Lido Water Park for their own dumb actions, with Barry saying that there should have been better security. Both Claire and Barry are temporarily in wheelchairs as they're still recovering from their horrific injuries. They recently wheeled themselves onto ITVs this morning to talk about their tragic tomfoolery, saying that the Lido was too easy to get into and they may take legal action as a result of their injuries. Claire commented, That night, I didn't plan to go out and do this. It just happened. I just think something should be done about it. Look, short of encasing Claire in a thick layer of bubble wrap, I'm not sure what could be done to stop her hurting herself, except her maybe just not doing daft stunts like this one. 
Barry then piled the blame on the water park, saying, Oh, the chains were unlocked to walk up the steps. So we've got the bottom chain unlocked, the top chain unlocked, and we've got the slide, and that was open. They should have security, though, for a start. The fence should be secured, and there, there might be legal action taken. <sighs> okay. The mirror has revealed that this is not Claire's first dramatic drunken run-in with the law. In 2012, she was arrested for drink driving in Farnham. In court, the prosecutor said Claire became physically violent in the holding area. She was restrained by several police officers, and after failing to calm down, she was taken to a police cell. Whilst being carried, she kicked out at the detention officer. The female officer fell against a wall and hit her arm, causing bruising. Somehow, Claire was able to avoid being sent to jail for this incident. Instead, she was given a community order. So I don't know if there's enough bubble wrap in the whole world that you could wrap Claire in to make sure she didn't hurt herself or somebody else. EdinburghLive.co.uk reported that viewers who watched Claire and Barry's appearance on This Morning took to Twitter to express their anger at the two. One tweeted... You are not getting any pity from anyone. Another questioned their outrageous claim, saying, Are they really blaming the water park? Legal action for what? One viewer asked, Legal action will be taken? Is he joking? While another Twitter user took a more sarcastic approach by tweeting, How dare that water park have a barrier at the end of the slide when the park is shut? Don't they know criminals might hurt themselves? Get them off the air, absolute morons. Okay, I'm coming down, but be advised I'm coming from uh, northwest. It'll take me a few minutes. In late January 2013, dazed and confused actor Jason London was arrested after becoming violent at a bar at around 1.30am on a Sunday morning. TMZ reported that 40-year-old Jason was thrown out of the Martini Ranch nightclub in Scottsdale, Arizona after he deliberately sneezed on a bouncer inside the club and then punched him in the face when the bouncer asked him to apologise. Jason allegedly refused to leave the bar when told to, so he was physically ejected while kicking and screaming the entire way. He sustained some injuries, including a swollen eye from the bouncers as they removed him from the premises. According to the police report, authorities witnessed the father of one getting worked up outside the nightclub when the bouncer explained that he'd been kicked out and he wasn't allowed back inside. The police then arrested Jason for disorderly conduct and assault. During the process, he called one of them a fucking hillbilly. But it's what he said and did next that has made him end up on this podcast. The following, my friends, is entitlement and ass hattery at its very best. In the back of the cruiser, on his way to the station, Jason said to the arresting officers, and I quote, Guess what, faggot? I fucking love this. I fucking own you guys so hard. I'm rich and I'm a motherfucking famous actor. Fucking look me up, bitch. Motherfucking famous actor Jason London, star of the critically ignored Zombie Shark and Wiener Dog Nationals, went on to tell the officers, 
It smells like shit in your car, and your breath smells like diarrhea. According to the police report, Jason then leaned to the left and deliberately defecated in his pants. Afterwards, he said to the cops, I told you, I'm happy as shit. How is that for a world's dumbest criminals hall of famer? Look, I'm going to have to try this. Like, don't you know who I am, tomfoolery, if I'm ever drunkenly arrested? I could insult the cops and tell them that I'm Australia's foremost and possibly only female comedy true crime podcaster. Look me up, bitch. (laughs) And then if they did look me up, they'd still be like, who? Unless you're the host of Case File, we don't give a shit. Oh, actually, if you're an Aussie guy, that could work. Since the host of Case File is famously anonymous, you could claim to be him. And the cops should probably be all like, oh, we're terribly sorry to bother you, your majesty. Please have a magnificent evening. Then they'd give you a pat on the back and send you on your way. The TMZ article stated that when the cops spoke with Jason's wife at the time, Sophia, she told them, yeah, I know, he's an asshole when he drinks. Following the report on TMZ, Jason took to social media to try to clear his name, tweeting, Guys, the TMZ report is a total fucking lie. I got jumped by three 250-pound bouncers. They knocked me out and beat me for several minutes. Some guy thought I was hitting on his girl and had me jumped. My wife was in the next room and had no idea what even happened. I hate Arizona. Jason later pleaded guilty to disorderly conduct and the assault charge was dropped. He was ordered to attend an alcohol treatment class and to pay $118 in court costs. Another funny thing about this is that Jason is considered the stable and well-behaved one of the London Twins. It's normally Jason's brother Jeremy who makes headlines due to his battles with drug addiction and arrests for domestic violence. Jeremy is an actor too. He starred in the 90s hit shows Party of Five and Seventh Heaven, as well as the movie Mall Rats. Jeremy was arrested for alleged drug possession in 2004 and went to rehab in 2009 for an addiction to prescription pills. So in 2010, when he claimed he was kidnapped in the California desert and forced to take drugs at gunpoint, pretty much nobody believed him. Jeremy said he was changing a flat tyre on his car at around 2pm on June 10th in Palm Springs when several men approached him and offered to help him out with it. In a police statement, he later said, after the tyre was changed, he offered the men a ride home. A short time later, he was held at gunpoint in the vehicle by one of the occupants. The gunman forced London to drive to various locations throughout the city, purchase alcohol, take ecstasy and smoke dope and methamphetamine. After approximately 12 hours in captivity, London was able to escape on June 11th around 2am and notify the police. As Jeremy was a recovering drug addict, the media gave him major side-eye for this bizarre tale of woe, and his mother and twin brother Jason came out publicly saying that they had serious doubts that his story was true. 
But it seems the police believed him, as later that month they arrested 26-year-old Brandon Adams and arraigned him on five charges, including kidnapping and theft. Brandon initially claimed that Jeremy was lying, telling Radar Online, There was no gun. There was never a pipe. We got drunk and I hooked him up with some ecstasy and Xanax, and we took a joyride and partied for hours. Of course, this seemed to confirm people's suspicions that Jeremy had made up the story as a cover for him going out on a drug binge. Fortunately for Jeremy, he was finally vindicated on March 3, 2011, when 27-year-old Brandon Adams pleaded guilty to felony false imprisonment and a misdemeanor charge of taking the actor's car. He was sentenced to 16 months in prison. Jeremy told People magazine, I feel vindicated but I'm hardly jumping for joy. The damage that has been done to my career, reputation and family is almost irreparable. How crazy a story is that? I remember when it happened at the time and I was just reading it and being like, there is no way what he's saying is true. I actually felt quite sorry for him for a while when the truth came out. But then he was arrested on domestic violence charges in 2012 and twice in 2018, and, well, now my sympathy has well and truly waned. Roger, thank you. We're going to be on a follow-up to Jonathan. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A German tourist wearing only red shoes and a silver helmet was arrested in September 2017 for riding an electronic unicycle while masturbating in front of tourists in Thailand. This sounds like some really out there avant-garde busking routine, but apparently it wasn't. Although not only was he masturbating while riding an electronic unicycle naked, but he was also carrying a couple of bags full of shopping. That takes some real skill. He deserves all your loose change. While wanking on wheels is hardly a new thing, doing so on a unicycle certainly ups the degree of difficulty and, I would imagine, level of discomfort. The 56-year-old man toured his shit show through several streets in downtown Patea before he finally stopped to bring the show to its big, explosive finish in front of an unimpressed crowd. Hey, look, everyone's a critic, and those unhappy members of his unintentional audience called the police who arrested the man. It's not actually clear if he set out to jerk off on his nude unicycling mission to the shops, or if he just got so turned on in the process that he couldn't help himself. As the man was not carrying any ID, police detained him until they could find out his identity and charge him. (laughs) He might still be there now, in jail asking for his electronic unicycle back. Now it's time for Legend of the Week. 
After talking about dumb criminals all episode, I'd like to highlight a hero, two-legged or otherwise, who put themselves on the line to help stop a crime. Neighbours in Botley, Oxford, 23-year-old barman Gregory McCallum and 72-year-old pensioner Frank Corty did not get along. Greg loved to party all night, while Frank and his wife were sick of being woken up by the loud shenanigans raging on in the wee hours of the morning next door. Frank later told the court, Oh, they'd slam the doors, then they'd start partying. You could hear shouting, screaming and music. On the early morning of August 18, 2008, Greg was living it up with his mates, possibly out of it and shirtless in a red afro wig as pictured in the media, when the police rocked up after a complaint from a neighbour. Greg just assumed that Frank had been the one to make it and decided to exact a stabby revenge on his elderly neighbours. What violent dickweed Greg did not know was that Frank was an ex-boxer who had won the National Association of Boys Clubs Championship in Birmingham when he was 16 and was still a formidable opponent. At 8am, Greg broke into the courtie's house where Frank encountered him in the hallway. Frank later told the court, Oh, he was wielding a knife, but it was no ordinary knife. It was more like a six-bladed knuckle duster. He made a slashing movement at me. I stepped back. He missed me, fortunately. Frank stated that while Greg was off balance, he grabbed both of his wrists and managed to pin his arms against the wall. He asked Greg to drop the knife, but he wouldn't. He said he was absolutely petrified and yelled for his wife to phone the police. Frank continued, oh, As I saw it, it was a matter of do or die, so I'll let his wrists go. Fortunately, the element of surprise was with me, so I adjusted my position and hit him with my right hand. It was just below the eye. I did not knock him out, but he was stunned. I heard the knife drop. We grappled. I was trying to drag him out of the back door. We both fell to the floor. I had to subdue him by punching him again, which I did not take a great deal of pleasure in. Hey, he may not have enjoyed it, but he did it so well that people remarked afterwards that Greg looked like he'd been in a car accident. Frank then lay on top of Greg to restrain him until the police arrived. Greg, who claimed not to remember the incident, was jailed for four and a half years and told by the judge that he'd got what he deserved. Humble hero Frank is still up for decking a dipshit home intruder in the future. He said... Oh, if I needed to, I'd do it again. <laughs> Good on you, Frank. To finish up, I have a few punchline crimes for you. These are cases with hardly any information available, and they sound more like jokes than something that actually happened. Smith Falls, Ontario police were called to a local Ministry of Transportation office on June 9, 2016, when a driving evaluator reported a suspicious woman in disguise trying to take a driving test. The woman claimed to be 73 years old and was wearing a wig, glasses and old lady drag, but appeared to be much younger than she claimed. Thinking no moisturiser is that good, the police arrested the woman, who turned out to be a 39-year-old who was trying to take the driving test on her mother's behalf. Transport 1100, 
In July 2008, a couple from China's son Yang went missing. They were terrified about his disappearance and receiving a note saying he'd been kidnapped did nothing to assuage their fears. Instead of giving the old cliched instruction of the money having to be in unmarked bills, they instead wanted Yang's father's ATM card and PIN number, which is a great way to be traced and get caught. When the police swarmed an ATM the father's card was being used at, they were surprised to find Yang himself making the withdrawal. You see, Yang and his little mates had come up with the kidnapping scheme as a way to get back at his parents for not buying him a Nintendo Wii. A 27-year-old man in Austria found out the hard way that if you're going to grow over 700 marijuana plants, it's best you don't do it near a police dog training centre. Police in Vienna told the media that one of their good boys and girls caught the scent of the plants in early December 2015. When they took the dog out and followed it as it tracked the smell, they were led to a warehouse where they found 734 cannabis plants. They also found 32 sacks full of deep frozen marijuana and a bag of dried marijuana at the suspect's apartment. A police spokesman told the media that the suspect was not from the area and may not have known about the police dog training centre nearby. That's That's a vital mistake to make. This brings me to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you want to stay up to date with all future episodes. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review. And I'd like to give a big thank you to Sergeant Awesome, Extra Extra Large Historian and EH39, all from the USA, for doing just that. If you want more dumb criminals in your life, you could join our World's Dumbest Criminals podcast Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at WDCriminalsPod and Instagram at World's Dumbest Criminals Podcast. If you'd like to support the show and get access to ad-free episodes, monthly bonus episodes, and a variety of merchandise, head on over to Patreon and search for World's Dumbest Criminals. Stay tuned after the closing music to hear a promo from my friend Bernadette's podcast, Murderific. It has everything a true crime connoisseur could want. Till next week. Look after yourself, stay out of trouble, and whatever you do, don't end up on this podcast. Hi, I'm Bernadette, the host from Murderific True Crime Podcast coming to you from the state of Maine, USA. We are a bi-weekly podcast and discuss stories from Maine, New England, and all over the world. Our stories focus on domestic abuse, mass murder, familicides, cults, serial killers, kidnappings, and lesser-known cases. Murderific is easy to find on all podcast apps or go to Murderific.com. Give Murderific a try. Remember, murder and horrific equals murderific. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 